I mean, I'm not disqualifying people's endearingness. Yeah. But they're mostly alcoholics. Yes. I mean, I would qualify them as such. And this would be Saturday. What time? You open up like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., right? 9 a.m. it opens. 9 a.m. So 9 a.m., how many people walk into your bar? I don't know. I'm not actually there at 9 a.m. Oh, okay. What time do you start? Three. And it's and people are already wasted and just... Yeah. I mean, usually it's later on, but it's they'll be there for hours and hours. So my point is, do you think that's a good venue for us to perform at? Our, our no, duet. we will get kicked out. <laughs> oh, we get kicked out oh, there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we're in search of it. I think if any of our listeners know of a good place for us to uh, perform, Let we'd us like. Know. Yeah, and you can tell them that they, that the duet from the Profit First podcast are performing. Welcome, everybody. This is the Profit First podcast. Yeah, that's right. I am Mike McCallus. I am the author of Profit First, and you're listening to kind of a awkward beginning of a show yeah uh, but an amazing show i'm joined in studio by kelsey airs yeah welcome everybody yeah hey, we're starting yeah <laughs> so just go go live so we, we actually are video <laughs> so this is the problem we're videotaping this one the first time ever we're videotaping a podcast and uh jay bone uh who is our videographer um, we didn't give the signal that we're recording a show, and he can't tell because he can't hear what we're talking about. So we have to give him the can. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't yeah. we actually, if you can throw a headset on him, there's a headset there. You can hear what we can hear. Okay. Um, okay. So that that's for our in-studio conversation. But what about for our guests who are listening to the show right now? You're listening to the Private First Podcast. This is a show where we explore every element of profitability. Today, we're going to talk about purposeful profit. If you don't know what that means, this is really going to help you. And um, if you don't know anything about me, by the way, I'm the author of Profit First. I've also released a new book called Clockwork in stores everywhere. Get it. And uh, I think that's it, right, Kels? Yeah. Okay. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, ProfitFirstPodcast.com, or any podcatcher anywhere. And um, I don't have an icebreaker for today. What? I know. I know. But I'm going to tell, I'm going to ask you something that happened at lunch today. Okay, what happened? Um, you know, I'm a very fast eater. Yeah, I know. Is that, I, I eat so fast, and it's... Gavon. <laughs> I know, I finished, like, they were serving the mango. I had finished it before she finished <laughs> serving it. And it's frozen. This is what I don't understand. Like, I got I'm brain freeze when I took it, like, 30 seconds in between bites, and it I'm was literally it. gone from yours. I'm immune to brain freeze. I'm a, I just eat so fast. It's your superpower. So the first food that was served, I got a chimichanga, like an oversized one. I had eaten my whole chimichanga, and you guys hadn't even yeah. started yet. You were still forking around with it. <laughs> Fork you. <laughs> oh, that's forkulous. Um, so here's my... That's I don't know. <laughs> I was hoping you, would, you didn't hear that. I was going to say fabulous. It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't work. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> I try to get by that as quickly as possible without you catching me. You know, you're catching everyone. Anyone messes up a word now, you're so attuned to it. I think you busted J-Bone's chops. Today's his first day here, first full day, and I heard you busting someone's chops out there about the word they were choosing. I thought it was J-Bone. Well, I'm fair, if nothing else. <laughs> touche, touche. So my question for you is, what's the most food you've ever eaten, like in one sitting? <clears throat> That's the icebreaker. Um, well, I used to have dessert eating contest with my uncle all the time. <laughs> How old were you? Um, like my entire life. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Dessert eating contest with yeah. your uncle. Yeah. And so it's, it's can I tell you a funny story? Yes. 
So one Christmas, it happened, right? We had the dessert eating contest. I won. Thank you. And then the next day, I like got this like a- attack, right? Like, um, I was like keeled over. I couldn't stand. I was throwing up. Oh. Yeah, it was it was awful. So um, my mom was like, oh, "It's gluttony, Kelsey. <laughs> I tell you, it's gluttony. You're not supposed to eat that much." <laughs> Turns out I had gallstones. I had to get my gallbladder removed. Oh my oh gosh! My and my mother. And your mother accused you of gluttony. gluttony. God so, was punishing me. I don't know if I talked about this in another show, but this is so funny. What do they call that when there's two disparate facts, but people connect them together, and as as if it's one contiguous fact. I don't know what they call that actually. Okay, but there, there's a word for it when there's two disparate things happen and people say no, no, it's all connected. Hmm. There was I don't know if I said this on air before. There was a a body sadly found in our town here in Boone. We were here that day. Remember all the ambulances and stuff racing up the road? Yes. About a month ago, they found a person had died. There's a river and waterfall right behind our building here. It's beautiful, but they found a decomposing body. Very sad. Did we talk about this on air? No. Okay. They find a decomposing body. This is say it's a month ago. A month prior to that, there's another lake six miles from here called the Split Rock Reservoir. A person sadly also died there. Their um, kayak flipped over, and the person was not wearing a life vest, jeez, and didn't know how to swim. Okay, well, don't do that. Mm. So he passed away very sadly. Within a minute or two, you know, Facebook starts lighting up the, the local community one, like body found. Oh my God. Because they never found the person up at Split Rock Reservoir. They said, Oh my God, he floated down over a month's time to here. It's his body. And people are like, Yes, they found him. Here's the thing it's two disparate events. Yeah. I said, There's no way. So I, I rarely, rarely go on this kind of rant. Like, I know I'm ranting now, I, like, th- like where I publicly. State but your opinion. State my opinion. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is, is everyone serious about this? I said, let's look at the facts. Mm-hmm. A person died up here. We know that. There is a uh, a water uh, dam uh, that he had to go through, and I read the thickness of it. At its most narrow part, it's three feet thick. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he, he human penetrated. Body. His human body went through three feet of concrete somehow, maybe a superpower. Then he went down for six miles of river. At points, it turns into what they call Beaver Creek, which is as narrow as maybe six or seven inches. Oh, no. And I'm like, so his body's flopping down through this. Just by sheer momentum? Sheer momentum. There's a waterfall down, not even a waterfall, there's another little waterfall where sticks get stuck and can't make it over. It's about a quarter mile from here. His body jumped over that. Somehow, (laughs) he started paddling his way here. And I'm like, really? Is it him? And that, that dispelled everyone. Yeah. Nice work. Do you have any thoughts on that, Amber? <laughs> you don't even, you're like, what the thoughts do you have on that? I'm wondering how that got there from our food question. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Decomposing bodies, I don't know. How did we get there? Disparate stories. You said you ate all oh, the food. She thought it was gluttony, which is oh, obviously like, a real thing. Can you die from gluttony? Like, I mean, it's not the... gluttony the sin, if it is. No, I thought gluttony is overconsumption of anything. Isn't that? I think it's food. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, you can be gluttonous. Can it kill I you? Can I guess you, you could. Like yeah, that? I like, think you can kill yourself. That way. Yeah. Right. You could overwhelm. Your... <laughs> Maybe it was gluttony. <laughs> <laughs> Your gallbladder's like, I'm out of here. 
so last question before we get to uh, to our guest here. So uh, this food consumption contest you're in? Yes. How does this, what's the I rules? I like this technical term you have for it. Yeah. <laughs> this food consumption contest. It's an FCC. Mm-hmm. It's the food consumption contest. What uh, What are the parameters? It's just whoever can eat the most. So like at Christmas time, you have 20 pies, right? Who can eat all of them? First of all, no, I don't have <laughs> How many guests are at your house? Well, I mean, it's like multiple people. Plus, How many? So my grandparents- How many? <laughs> so my, How many? Okay, there's like five of us. But, uh, <laughs> you have 20, three, four, five. 20 pies. I really like dessert, okay? <laughs> four pies per person? <laughs> 20 pies for Kelsey. Oh my God. No, so what happens is my grandparents' neighbors always bake like six pies and bring okay. them. But I always have like, dessert is my favorite thing to make, so I always make multiple things because I can't decide which I want to make. Okay. And then usually my one aunt loves going to this one bakery so she gets multiple things from this one bakery okay right? so you literally do have 20 yes, food yes, desserts for not for, enough people for five people is it really yeah. five people no it's usually probably like 15 15 people okay so mm-hmm. a pie and a half per person yeah so all right so then your uncle and you say who can eat the most mm-hmm. and what kind of this is after you've eaten dinner yeah and it's, it's always dessert mm-hmm. and how much like what what's the average consumption between the like what do you eat well, I used to be able to eat a lot more. So since I had my gallbladder removed, I couldn't really eat a lot of sugar. I know. It's cruel, right? But prior to that, I used to eat, like, I would literally eat each one of whatever it was. One tasting. So basically, 20 slices of pie. No, I would do little ones, though. Oh, okay, it wouldn't okay. be full ones. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. about 15 slices of pie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you usually win, or did your uncle? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's I was not, like a bottomless pit. The facts you find out. That's incredible. Thank you. I'm glad you appreciate it. My mother does not. Gosh. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. Here's your uncle. Like You're like, I can't eat anymore. I cannot eat. Yeah. One more bite. And then your uncle yells, do it. Do it. So um, we have a very special guest in studio today. Hello. <laughs> her name is Amber Duggar. We're she, just going to keep staring at her until she says something. Oh, 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 oh and uh, I want to thank our corporate partners. I forgot to do that. Yeah. All right, so I want to Do thank, it. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> next Eva, Receipt Bank, uh, and anyone else. Is That's there anyone, it. Uh, is it. Okay. Uh, next Eva and Receipt Bank, thank you for your support. We'll tell you more about those in a little bit. And do we have um, Do we have a community yeah, shout do. out? I'm sorry, Amber. I started to introduce you and I screwed up the sequence. It's a teaser. We did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I, we must have it. So this one comes from Troy McLennan. Hey, Troy. He said he wanted to say thank you for writing this because it's already made a difference, not just to our profitability, but also to my headspace and this, with this business. <laughs> I was getting a bit deflated by the whole thing, but now we have our accounts all set up. We have allocated not only profits to us, but also staff bonuses, which will make an enormous difference to them too. Boom. Troy, mm-hmm. congratulations. It's amazing. It it's amazing, amazing the mindset shift. Yes. yes. It's huge. And it ties into what Amber's about to bring today. It's all about mindset and money. It's not just the money. Amber Duggar, I had the wrong piece of paper here. Amber Duggar thrives on encouraging and empowering others to achieve clarity with their numbers and discover the true purpose behind their money goals. She is a certified health coach from IIN and worked in corporate finance for 15 years before venturing out on her own back in 2015. Uh, She is a mastery level PFP. That's a first professional. Boom. Boom. (laughs) 
<laughs> and and uh, loves reverse engineering the profit first system and combine it with a powerful cash flow system called YNAB. You need a budget. And we had uh, Jesse on our show, the founder mm -hmm. of YNAB, mm -hmm. recently. So hopefully our listeners know it. But with no further ado, a big wide old old welcome to Amber Duggar. Welcome, wide old, wide old, wide old welcome. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I don't know what that's. I was trying to push but there. I was trying to push that button at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Welcome, Amber. Thanks, a, a big a big wide welcome. So, Amber, you're talking today. We're going to talk about the purpose, purposeful uh, profit, and purposeful revenue, and what your intentions are behind that. You call it the purposeful revenue goal, right? Yes. You said, and then you said, do you have one? You said, Mike, what's your purposeful revenue goal? And I'm like, what do you mean by this? So first, tell me what that term means. Sure. So when I first was coming out into the entrepreneurial world, I saw so many ads about hit your first 5K month or hit your first 10K month. Right. I'm like, oh, how is that going to work? I mean, I need for sure 8K. That's what I knew for sure I needed in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then from that, I thought, well, okay, someone might only need 2K, someone might need 20K, but what is it that we're actually using with that income? Instead of trying to hit a six-figure income or seven-figure income, what is it that you actually want to do with the resources that come in? And when you have that clarity, it's amazing what happens in your business. So is it arbitrary for most people? What? Oh. What the hell is that? No, is it arbitrary, meaning the revenue goal, is it arbitrary for most people? Do most people say, ah, I need 10K because I need 10K? I think in certain the service-based entrepreneurial space, I mean, like coaching, for example, or health coaching specifically, yes. They, they just think they need to make either a six-figure income and that's success to them. Right. Yeah. And, and they don't really know exactly what they would do once they hit that goal. And so without getting that clarity it may not be six figures it may be multiple six figures yes. but until you actually figure that out you'll continue to strive towards a, a non-existent goal so why do most people not figure it out why do most people just pick the arbitrary six figures or whatever as opposed to digging deeper I think there's a couple of layers to that. First of all, I think, honestly, we just don't really know how to do it. Um, profit First allows you to do that by reverse engineering Profit First and getting down to the components that build into a revenue goal. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the first thing. It's just not really knowing how to do it. The second thing is money is such a taboo subject still. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about it. And so not only do we not talk about it, but then when you're thinking about an actual revenue goal and the purpose behind it, we tend to skip over the entire subject. So yeah. we don't t typically think too much about it. Why is that? Why, I know. Why is money so taboo? Is it, is it the disparity of money that some people have more, some have less, and therefore it's uncomfortable? Is it? I think there's so many different components to that. It's about our, our relationship with money as a child, what we saw our parents do. Um, and the fact that they didn't really talk about money all that much. And it's been kind of a subject that has been untouched for centuries, I would say. Yeah, my parents, they talked about money, like the importance of saving it, but they never talked beyond that. Did, did your parents? No, we, we didn't really talk about it very much. Um, they did talk about the importance of saving, but we never really knew how much my parents had or I had what no they clue. made or I anything no like that. Yeah. What about you, Kels? Yeah. I think we talked about the lack of money a lot. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We were very much like a 
paycheck to paycheck, if that kind of family. Interesting. So, yeah. And I also feel like there is a, an association with value and worth associated to money. Yeah. That creates almost like a shame factor when talking about money. Right? Like, you don't really want to talk about what your needs for money are or what you want for money because you associate what people might think of your value with that money or with that number, right? Yeah. So, I found the most searched term with my own name, and anyone can do this. You type in your own name into Google and just hit the space bar after you type your name. So, I type in Mike Michalowicz space bar, and you'll see it drop down all the suggested searches in order of what gets searched the most frequently. Yeah. Mike Michalowicz's net worth is the number one sought thing. So everyone's like, what's this guy worth? Uh, so I wrote an article about it. I disclose everything. So if, if you, if anyone listening wants to check it out, <laughs> type in Mike Michalowicz's net worth and you can see every single detail. I, I bottom lined everything. Um, so I think there's this curiosity factor, but I think it's because it sets us up for comparison, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a qualifier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's part of it. I think also... We tend to, a lot of people do connect having money as a negative thing based on their experiences as a, as a child. So mm -hmm. if they had a parent who used it as power, for example, against another parent, or if they used it to either reward or to punish the, the child. Mm. So there's a lot yeah. of different components that come into that. I never even thought of that in terms of like an allowance or... Mm -hmm. hmm. Did you have an allowance? No. Did you have an allowance, Amber? I did. But Me we too. had this, so we had an Okidata printer. Remember those? Like, yeah. the oh, yeah. Like, no, what, what That's what they're called, Okidata. <laughs> I think it was, yeah, Okidata. Yeah. Yeah. It had it on, on our. It was printer. a dot matrix. Dot yeah. matrix yeah. printer. Yeah. So the sound effect for a dot matrix for you is e e e. Definitely. For me, yes. it's. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> Huh. You had a fast one. What was yours? That was yours? Yeah. <laughs> so my mom would print out this chore sheet, and in her O's were our little dots that we had to fill in. And so each oh. week we got a different set of chores, and as long as we filled in all those dots, then we would get our allowance at the end of the week. Almost like a job. It was a job. Yeah. Yeah, it was a job. So the allowance was to pay for you doing the chores, and if you didn't do the chores, you didn't get your allowance. Right. And okay. and then if we wanted something and it was approved by our parents, then they would pay for half of the thing and then we would have to save for the other half. And they also had a rule that any money we made, we had to save half of it. Okay. Yeah, pretty good parameters, yeah. it sounds like. So that sounds like that may be the inception of purposeful revenue goals that at least you you if you wanted to acquire something you had to know the number that you had to bring to the table and it sounds like most entrepreneurs don't know their intended use of their revenue or profit right what i find is when i ask my clients um what is it that you really want from the resources that are coming into your business yeah and a lot of times it'll, the answer will be well i want to pay pay down debt i want to be able to um no longer have a credit card bill mm-hmm and I say, okay, well, let's just say that's already paid off. What is what is it that you want to do once your basic needs are met? What is it that you want to do with that with that money that comes in? And because money is directly tied to impact, so they all want to have greater impact. And when mm. they put that together and they say, okay, I know that it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm working harder. It means that I'm actually having a greater impact. What is it that you're going to do with that money? And Okay, keep going. I'm sorry continue so so what happens is when you actually sit and think about it and for those listening if you haven't thought about this i 
I highly recommend sitting down with just a notebook and just ask yourself this question, what is it that I would do with this money that's coming into my business? It may be traveling. For, for me, it's absolutely location independence. I love to travel and I love to experience new cultures. And that it may be also a purpose behind who you want to be helping, um, the different charities or that type of thing. Or it could be living on a lakeside in a tiny house. Mm-hmm. But those things that we are then finally recognize that, wow, I could actually have that, work it into your plan. What is it that you would actually need to do to attain that? How much money would that take for you to, to realize those desires? And when you get that down on paper <clears throat> and you look at, okay, this is how much I need to make, and this is the revenue goal that I would need to hit to be able to realize these things, then it's like the business goes on fire because when they have a revenue goal that makes sense for them and it says, okay, this revenue goal will cover my expenses that I want, my lifestyle that I want, my business expenses that I have in my business, have enough money for taxes and still be profitable. Yeah. With that number, they the it's amazing. It's like psycho-cybernetics if you've ever read that book. We all yeah. are goal-driven. So when we, and we have a creative mechanism that's different than animals who only have survival mechanisms. So with a creative mechanism, we will naturally, it's like the science behind law of attraction and power of intention. Lay it on me. So when we have that goal, it's almost like a torpedo, you know, Mm -hmm. when it gets like certain. Locks in on this target. Right. And even if we waver back and forth, we will get to that target as long as we're really clear on what it is that we want and we also are very clear on uh, uh, having patience for that knowing that it will happen when it's meant to happen and everything yeah. happens in the way it's meant to happen and i've seen time and time again with clients who are very clear with this that know what they want think about it visualize it it comes to fruition when i first listened to the pop profit first podcast with kelsey it was about i don't know maybe a year and a half ago mm-hmm. And the very first one that I listened to, Kelsey was talking about her house. Really? Yeah. Yes. And I visualized that house and I had not met Kelsey yet. And I just knew, man, she's going to be my sister. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the way that she described it and how she wanted to make jewelry and have parties over there. And yeah. it was, I, I could see every aspect and detail of this house. And to now know that I'm going to go spend the night <laughs> right. at In that house. house. Yeah. That she's realized. Another example is I have a client who about in February, she said, when I when I asked this question, she said, I want to be on a lake house. I want a boat. And I think that it will take me about a year to year and a half to get it. I said, okay, well, let's make sure that we figure this out so that you can do that. So one of the things we did in her YNAB was create a line for her new mortgage. And she started allocating Mm. money to that new mortgage. So Mm -hmm. already she's making very clear intention. I plan to pay for this house. Yes. And I plan to make this a normal part of my life. Yeah. Well, guess what? About a month and a half later, her dream house was on the market. Yeah. And she said... I need to basically make over a hundred thousand in this short amount of time. Yeah, she nailed it. She's closing next week. Oh my crazy? Gosh. Yeah. So, I think to some people, including myself, it, it can sound a little bit almost magical, like like law of attraction, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, maybe not believable. But I see it repeat over and over, and everyone's yeah. like, including my own life. Yeah. 
But I think there's a motivating factor behind it beyond like the magic, beyond the kind of yeah. like the frou-frou aspect. For me, it's I think the emotional woes of it, right? Like when you feel something, when yeah. you visualize yourself in a space, you feel like it's happening. Like yeah. you feel it. It's not just a thought. It's a thing that's kind of in your bones. So even when you're tired, like for me, even when I didn't want to work every day or like I was kind of desperate for a break, I thought, well, maybe I'll cut back. But I was like, no, I just want it so bad. Like I feel it so much that it's almost like you feel that loss if you didn't. It's already there, right? So if you, if I cut back, it's like I'm I'm almost taking a step back or I'm, I'm taking yeah. it away already, right? So that your house, the vision of your house drove you to continue to work because you were grueling hours not here this was a beautiful no, this, is a cake yeah. this is a cakewalk here <laughs> yeah no but and and, and here too for entrepreneurs i think more than anybody i'm sure that they can relate to this feeling that like they're tired i'm sure there's moments when they want to give up but if you have a very clear idea of what you need that money to do for you yeah or you know you really feel what you want your life to look like it makes it all worth it it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it's like, oh, I can keep doing this because that is going to happen. It is going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's a motivator beyond your normal just numbers on a line because those can shift. Yeah. They have no concrete meaning to you. But that feeling, that doesn't go away. Yeah. And you, it means something if it does. Right. Right. Absolutely. Your priorities are not necess- they don't necessarily come to light until you continue to feel that day after day and it's a visceral feeling. It's a this is this is happening. It's not even a question. If you question it like I don't know if I could actually do that or like you were saying that magic behind it. Mm-hmm. But when you recognize that it is truly something that that happens when you focus on it and it, it if it's something that you want that badly and you know that it doesn't need to be in your timing but in the right timing yeah then and continue to have that faith and and, and even an exercise that i suggest clients do is when they know that it's something that they want for example traveling around the world with their children i had a client that yeah. wanted to do that i said okay i want you to take a moment close your eyes Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Make a wish. Come true. I'm sorry. We're professional singers. Yeah, keep going. Well, I'll buy your first ticket. <laughs> yes! First. All right, so seriously, it's $5. We're, yeah, seriously. Yeah. No, we're not kidding. We're not kidding. Put your money where the mouth is. <laughs> so, so first of all, you just you visualize where it is that you're that you're actually going. Yeah. And then you open your eyes for a moment. <clears throat> and you put your hands in front of your face. All right, I'm gonna do. Can we do this right now? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, so visualize something I want. Yes. And so, does it have so, to be um, tangible, physical? Because we're talking about the use of money, or can it be health or something like that? Either. So, so if okay. it's if it's something intangible, then you want to be rec- thinking about something. So don't don't put your hands in your face oh. yet. <laughs> we're both. <laughs> I saw you doing it, so I felt compelled, Kelsey. I was like, I'm like, oh, God. Don't blame me. No, you had your hands up instantly. And you started, she stuck her hands under her pants. Oh, jeez. Did a little sniff on the way up. Okay. Okay. So so I want you to think about, if it's tangible, then it's going to be something that you can see, right? So you can close your eyes and you can see it. Okay. If it's something like health, and you may not be in good health right now, think of the things that you would love to do with your good health. Okay. Okay. That's, That's very clear. Okay. So, so you close your eyes, you start visualizing it. Then okay. I want you to open your eyes and I want you to look at the palm of your hands 
and you now are very physically present. You can see your hands. You know that they're right here. And then I want you to continue to see your hands when you close your eyes again. And I want you to visualize those hands either if it's a car that you're wanting gripping the, the steering wheel of that car or if it's an experience that you're traveling to Fiji and you're on the Fiji island and you're holding a drink. I want you to actually visualize and feel yourself there because right now this is as real as it gets. When you actually realize the dream, like this morning, for example, when I was taking the train up here, I took a moment and I thought, I am living my dream. I don't even recognize, we sometimes forget mm. that we are actually living what we dreamed or what we visualized in the past. I used to live in a soul, you know, I was in a cubicle and I felt like my soul was dying every day. <laughs> and, um, you didn't tell me to stop. No, we were filming you the whole time. This was a farce just to see if you would do it. So you're living. No, I did. I just put my hands up. Okay, so I used to be in a cubicle and yeah. it was awful. And to be able to recognize that I gave myself permission to take a train up to New Jersey today and do this podcast and to be present here. That is that's a big deal. And that's something that I was honestly just doing as a normal part of my schedule yeah. until I took a moment and said, wait a second. Yeah. I'm on this train. Right. I am right here and I am living this. Fascinating. And so when you do this exercise, it's almost manifestation. I was, I want to get a pinball machine for my house. I'm making the, I call it the fam cave, which someone said that's called a family room, but whatever. That's someone was Kelsey. <laughs> um, but I want to have a, an entertainment room for my family, for family fun, right? And maybe we'll have a pie eating contest now for you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I want a pinball machine. So I, I physically sell it. I, I was hitting the flippers on it. Is it, what does this do for me? What's the benefit of this? What happens long term? Well, it, it it basically gets that creative mechanism working. So okay. if if you're really interested in this concept, I I recommend you read the book Psycho Cybernetics. Okay. It talks about the scientific background of how this works because we are goal driven people. So for example, you may have a goal of having that pinball machine. Yeah. Um, someone on the street that's a drug addict has a goal of getting its next hit. Okay. It's the same process. We visualize it. Right. It's always it, visualized first, right? Always. Yeah. Because if it's something we truly desire, then our brain will think about it. Yeah. And then we will start thinking, okay, well, this is something I really want. And then things start to fall into place. Mm -hmm. And the I, I find that the people that start to have faith in this and may it may just be from experiences that they don't even recognize until they look back that it happened mm -hmm. but then they start trying bigger things where they think okay well I can definitely make this happen it starts to become more normal and then even and then they may not even talk about it all that much because it is this like woo woo kind yeah. of subject however yeah. I really do believe that the more we spread the word about having purpose and intention behind our actions and by what we want that we truly can have what we want and it's really our own selves that get in our way yeah of achieving these bigger goals and these bigger dreams and i'm just fascinated and so inspired by those around me yeah and the the, the whole premise of my of my business is based on the book the big leap and if you haven't read it uh by gay I Hendricks, have not one of the quotes in there is um expand in abundant success and love mm -hmm. and inspire those around you to do the same mm. 
Mm. And it's so awesome because we all have the ability to have what we want and to be in a community of people that are just expanding in this. Yeah. And I, I just think it's incredible. So I'm so inspired by my clients when they recognize that this is very powerful and very real. And by combining practical tools like Profit First and reverse engineering it so they have a very clear goal and then setting the intention of it and putting that revenue goal all over your house, on your yeah. steering wheel, on your in your wallet. Yeah. Uttering it out. The the word um, universe and utter is outer, meaning when you speak it, mm. it's now being put out there. And you're saying, yes, I want this. I desire this. And it happens. I, I, I just am amazed by it. So with the system... You were sharing that one story of the woman who intended to get a house, and now she has to put down this big $100,000. Yeah, she made it. And she made it, right? Yeah. But what I also heard in that story was she's opened up an account or set up something through YNAB where she started allocating a percentage of money toward this. I I sense, but tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong, that by deliberately physically moving money into an account, you're reinforcing that vision. You're actually taking an action which, by the way, when you take an action consistent with the vision, the reality is that much higher, right? Absolutely. And, and by creating that space, whether it be an account, she was using YNAB. So the lines in YNAB are those accounts. So when you open an account or you set up a new line in your YNAB, you are saying, I intend to fill this space. The universe fills spaces that are opened. Yeah. And so the other thing holds true as well. Don't put a space or a line in there for something that you don't want in your life. Right. And right. This, is, this is something that I, I was, it just dawned on me one night when I couldn't sleep and I was watching mm. YouTube videos and um, there was this video of a prepper. Have you guys heard of yeah, preppers? Yeah, I know. Very, okay. Yeah. So this very girl well. was on there and she had like a whole pantry full of stuff. And like, so, so let's just say what a prepper is in case our audience doesn't oh. know. Can you explain it? <laughs> so a prepper is someone who believes that the, that we're impending doom. Like yeah. the apocalypse. Oh, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. So so they I have a lot of stuff to be able to survive a certain amount of years. So she had all of this stuff. And then she went on to say, thank goodness I had all this because I, in the last 18 months, have experienced a major catastrophe where I was flooded, so I needed this food. And then we had an earthquake, and then we had she had all these things happen to her. Yeah. And I sat there and I paused it for a second. I thought, well... But the universe is giving her what yeah, she wants. Yeah, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, she she's prepared for it. Therefore, it's being used. Okay, I agree, or I get it. I should say. But the flip side is: Are you saying I shouldn't get health insurance because I'm fearful I may get sick? I think there's a you difference between um, make focusing all your efforts all the time. Do you think about your health insurance every day, every minute? Absolutely not. Okay, so there's a difference between being a responsible steward. Okay. Of resources and money and nice. focusing 100% on something that then, of course, will come to you. That was a good recovery. We have a song. It's called Good Recovery. You want to start us out? That was a good, good recovery. recovery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we have a lot of songs. Yeah, that was a good recovery. So so you can prepare or become to a point where it becomes such a focal point, it becomes an actuality. Or you can prepare where you're protecting in, in the case of a outlier is that kind of what they hear that right i mean an unexpected event just happens and rolls through sure i mean so so another way to look at this and, and this is something that i get asked a lot like why would i set up this system if i know that i can just manifest infinite abundance like why would i do that yeah. well you can ask the chicken or the egg story but by having a very 
clear system and foundation of your money and being very intentional with what you're using it for, you are sending out signals. I'm being responsible with the resource that comes in. Gotcha. So it's it's instead of being um, mindless about your spending, a lot of times we use spending as a buffer or to get a dopamine hit. When in actuality, if we have those needs satisfied, then we are much more apt to actually look at what is it that I truly desire? What are the things that I really enjoy? And then focusing your resources on those things, but then not wasting money on things that don't matter to you. Should people build their purposeful revenue muscle, so to speak? Like instead of having, I want to get a house as your first goal, which I consider a big thing should we say hey i want to see if i can uh a smaller objective i don't know what that would be but maybe a vacation or something i mean do do we want to kind of build these revenue goals or do we just start with whatever comes to mind first well you hit something that i was really wanting to talk about which is the set income point okay so we all have a set income point what's that it is um the amount of money that we feel comfortable having so mm. some people actually have a set income point or a set debt point of a certain amount of debt that they have. Mm-hmm. And it may be, let's say, 25 grand. And if you have 25 grand in debt and then you get to like 30 grand in debt, you get really uncomfortable. Mm. And then you stop spending money until you get to maybe 20 grand in debt. And then you oh, go, interesting. oh, wait, you know what? I have something I want to buy. And so that's almost goes, subcon- that's subconscious, right? It's not like you say 20 grand in debt. You just feel. No, you just feel it. Like you just have this comfort level with it. Clear. And then some people actually feel comfortable not really having savings, but not really having debt either. So if they have a little bit of debt, then they stop spending and then they have some money and then they go, oh man, this thing came up and I'm going to spend my money on that. Mm -hmm. Other people feel comfortable at a certain level of savings, but the, the, the behavior is the same. When we reach a, a moment outside of that bubble or outside of that comfort zone, our behavior changes mm. to adjust back to that level. So when whatever that level is or whatever that comfort zone is, by being really intentional about what you're wanting, you can decide, okay, well, if you want to have a little thing, that's because you're thinking that that's all you can mm. do. But if it's a bigger thing and you think, okay, well, I can definitely hit that because I've hit that many other times, then it will be a bigger thing. So it's the same thing with a revenue amount when entrepreneurs first go out. A lot of times they're making about what they used to take Mm. home in pay and not the whole amount that they were earning, but the amount they took home because that's what they have in their mind. I need, I made 4,000 in corporate after taxes, but all they think about is I made 4,000 a month, not thinking about the taxes. And then an entrepreneur that is in the in the world is making four grand but then they still have to pay the taxes Mm. so then they're constantly feeling the struggle Mm -hmm. and it's just that that number it's not because they don't understand that they don't owe taxes but it's just because we've been focusing on that as the normal thing for us so interesting how we anchor in on things there was an entrepreneur i heard who who lost all their money and he said i want to be very clear about something i've i've never been poor but i've been broke Right. And just by doing that little shift, he said there's poor is a mindset. Broke is a circumstance. Mm-hmm. Ax- absolutely. Okay. I couldn't have said that better. Absolutely. Ax- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to word police over there. Oh, I will mix up puns and I can't even do it like, on purpose. Well, listen, I did a wide welcome to you. <laughs> she jumped on my throat. And then you did an absolutely. Amber, uh, before we let you go, where can our listeners learn more from you? Maybe hire you for your services. Just hang out with you. 
Well, my website is my name. It's really, you know, unique and all. It's myname.com. <laughs> yeah, myname.com. Yeah, myname.com. Yeah, go to myname.com. <laughs> Amber Duggar with yeah. an E, Amber, D-U-G-G-E-R.com. Great. I also have um, a Facebook uh, group called Sweet Life, Purposeful Money. Great. Uh, so go to amberduggar.com. We'll have uh, all this in our show notes. And uh, just hanging out with Amber, you instantly are with someone that's living at a whole different level, uh, spiritually and financially. So hang out with, uh, with Amber. Absolutely. Absolutely. freaking mootly Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Amber. Thanks, Amber. All right. So in a second, we're going to recap what we learned. I can see. You got, yeah, you got notes over there. Uh, and then we're also going to... Um, do we have a listener mail? We do. Okay. But first... Oops, is that the punch? Yeah. But first, yeah, I thought there'd be more to oh, it. That's it. I would need something better. Uh, but first, we want to thank our corporate partners to make the show a reality. Um, who are they? Nextiva. Oh my gosh. Do you have, do you have a Nextiva phone system, Amber? No. No. Yeah, you can say it out loud. No, I don't. Yeah. So that's that's where you're falling. Like, everything's in alignment for you, but you feel <laughs> it's an Nextiva phone system. It will change your life. Oh, you feel shame around that? You yeah, should. you feel you should feel shame. Yeah. We love them. We love them. They're just an extraordinary company. I don't care if they sell, you know, baked goods or they they manufacture something or they provide financial services or do phones. They are such good people. I would trust them with any category. They just happen to choose phones, and that's why I think they're such a great phone company because they're good people. Who's the other company? Receipt Bank. Yes, I'm good people. You know, they're going to be at ProfitCon, which already happened because this is recorded prior to ProfitCon. Yeah. But Receipt Bank. Do you ever use Receipt Bank? No, but. I'm I'm not a bookkeeper, so I don't use it. Yeah, so you can be an entrepreneur and use it and scan it in, but it's really a bookkeeper's asset, so they can process and connect all your receipts to your accounting system. The nice thing is if you're an entrepreneur and you hire a bookkeeper, look at all the time you're saving for your bookkeeper, uh, and you can get the real value out of them, like kind of the consultative ideas around profitability and other things. So Receipt Bank, check them out. Why roll the dice spending money advertising your small business only to have your intern, Dylan, check his Instagram all day while he waits for your phone calls to come in? Based in the customer service hub of Las Vegas, Abby Connect provides you with a team of elite receptionists at a fraction of the cost. Your callers get world-class service and a lasting impression of your business, and poor Dylan becomes your new summer assistant. Now that's executive decision-making. Call 833-ABBY-WOW to experience the difference. All right, uh, here's a big moment. This is not us singing, and so that's why the voice is a little bit... Eh. So what you learn today? <laughs> <laughs> how we sing it? You ready? So what you learn today? <laughs> All right, that was better, right? Yeah. So what did you learn today? Uh... <laughs> I learned psycho-cybernetics. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, nice. appropriate music for this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, always. Always, yeah. Cybernetics. what else? <laughs> um, I just love this. I love this so much. I feel like it is so integral. And for nothing else, for entrepreneurs to really think about what their purpose in their life is, like, what do they want to do with their days? What does it mean to make <laughs> money for them? Like, it's so beyond just going to work every day for an entrepreneur. I think that there is a bigger reason for why they do what they do, or at least there should be. Otherwise, I don't want to say they're doomed for failure, but I, I just, I, I find it hard to conceive that they will be fully successful. Can I say they're doomed for mediocrity? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, and so my learning thing was um, money is taboo. 
you know, I never really thought about that, but from the day one, we're trained, like, don't talk about money. That's not an off-the-table subject. Um, I'll tell you, it's kind of like the birds and the bees conversation, at least with my parents. It's like, there's birds and there's bees. You're on your own, kid. You know, you should save money, but the rest you're on your own, kid. And I think that's how it is. And I, I don't yeah. think... I don't know how to change that, Kelsey. I do not know how to change that. We're starting we're to doing it right now. Doing it. Oh, on this podcast. Yeah. We're oh. talking about it now. Yeah. yeah. So get your kids listening to this show. <laughs> yeah. Some people have their kids listen to this show, and every so often, Kelsey will drop an F-bomb. Or not, Shame not on me. But every so often, an F-bomb or an S-bomb yeah. or an F and S-bomb will be dropped on this show. Yeah. And uh, we've been pretty diligent about cutting that out because we found out we have moms... Uh, I had emails from mom saying my three-year-old is listening to this and uh, really knock it off Kelsey knock it off Kelsey and loves loves the music and the intro and everything until an F-bomb is dropped so we kind of ruled that out yeah okay. until you play the sexy music too yeah, I know <laughs> that's the next thing I gotta get rid of but this is but this one oh hell <laughs> this one people love okay um, so what do you got for do we have listener mail yeah you got mail pattern ball <laughs> that's, that's so funny <laughs> Okay. So this comes from Christina Galuza. Okay. Um, she wants to know, should she move the money in her OPEX account at the end of the year, like if she has a balance there, should she move it to her profit account or just leave it there and let it roll over to the next year? Okay, great question. So if you have money accumulating in your OPEX account for a, sustain, a sustained period of time, an extended period of time, that's when you move it to profit but on a percentage basis. The money in the OPEX account, if it's only there for a short period of time, you let it ride over month to month. So just because it's the end of the year in December, maybe there's more money, January should still be there. But if for six or seven consecutive months, the OPEX is growing, it's time to make an adjustment percentage-wise. Increase your profit percentage, reduce your OPEX. Um, the actual transfer money itself could happen, but it's not necessary. It's really a percentage adjustment. It's that easy, Christina. Boom. Excellent. Okay. Um, I think that's it, right, Chiefy? Do we yeah. start the outro music now? Yeah. Okay, let's get it rolling. There it comes. There it comes. But let us know. Let us know. Oh, I really want to know, do you want to actually see us? I mean, is it worth our effort to videotape this? Oh, yeah, right. Will so, you watch us? Yeah, so we need you to email us. Or Where's the best place to communicate, Kelsey? I always have people email you. Yeah, email me is definitely the best. Right. So Kelsey and Mike Michalowicz, do you want to see this on video? And then... Do you want to see us live one day? <laughs> There's some shows that are live, but they're actually popular. So that's, <laughs> that's the challenge we have. Um, so, but yeah, do you want to see these videos? Because we're going to post them on YouTube. You can see us in the studio waving at you and stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, what else totally. do you guys say before? Because now we're running out of music. So leave us your ratings, comments on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, ProfitFirstPodcast.com, or of course, email me at Kelsey at MikeMichalowitz.com. And uh, as Kelsey would say, for F's sake... <laughs> make, sure, make sure make sure you get your copy of Clockwork. Design your business to run itself. It's uh, at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, all these different bookstores. But get your copy. It's time it's time that you have a business that runs on its own. And and go to profitfirstprofessionals.com. Amber's a profit first professional. You can find her. We also have three hundred plus other profit first professionals out there ready to serve you. Many of them specialize perhaps specifically in your niche. But you can only find out if you go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com, click on Find One. We'll make an introduction. You're off to the races. Beautiful. For F's sake. Says For F's sake. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. Bye. Bye.
Bazinga. 